Welcome to the show on this Thursday, February 13th, 2020. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. Play for free this weekend in the XFL 40K Play Action Contest. $40,000 in total prizes. So put together a lineup right now for weekend number two of the XFL. And I can assure you that nobody has the upper hand in an XFL DFS contest. Nobody. Who has all the secrets of the NFL? Anyone? After only one week? No, it's wide open. So you could win some big money right now, and you could do it just by playing for free using promo code PIC, P-I-C. Again, promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, February 13th. It has been a wacky couple weeks in Major League Baseball, and I am going to open with the latest as the Houston Astros Talked to the media today. Pitches and catches reported to spring training the other day. Positional players are trickling in. We'll get our first spring training games. Not this weekend, but the weekend after that. Um, this weekend we got, what do we got this weekend? The NBA All-Star Game, NBA All-Star Festivities. And then in the golf world, you got the Genesis Invitational. Got some big names playing in that tournament. And um, also, we'll keep our eye on the Tom Brady rumors. I'll get to the latest on the Tom Brady rumors and the latest odds on where Tom Brady is going to play next year. And just some thoughts on the NBA and the NHL to close out the show. But like I said, I'm going to open with baseball. Spring training, I I mean, I just want to get to the regular season because all the drama with trades and rule changes and postseason format proposals... And and now investigations and sign stealing. Like, I am done with it. I just want to get to baseball. I want to get to opening day. You know, I think we all knew that this spring training was going to be kind of wacky with the sign stealing stuff. When Rob Manfred came down with the hammer on the Houston Astros, suspending manager A.J. Hinch for one season, suspending their GM Jeff Luno one season, and then Astros owner Jim Crane responding to those suspensions by firing the GM, Jeff Luno, by firing A.J. Hinch. And then the Red Sox and the Mets responding by mutually agreeing to pot ways with their managers. The Red Sox potting ways with Alex Cora. The Mets potting ways with Carlos Beltran. And the trickle-down effect. And the questions that everybody has. And the reports that have come out. And now the players showing up to spring training and answering the questions. I think when that Manfred report came out, I think we knew we were going to get to a point here in spring training where people were going to be asked questions and they were going to say something after those questions were asked. They were going to give some type of answer. I watched all the Astros stuff today on Thursday morning. I've seen some of the other reports that have been out there. I've seen other teams react to this stuff. We're going to hear more and more players say things. But where I'm not confused and it seems like the national media is confused is that some of the national media and even local media, they they have this idea in their head. And 
you know, I'm not somebody who believes this. I don't, I don't believe that. I, I put it this way. I don't, I don't consider myself to be this self-righteous media member. I don't. Some people that, you know, self-righteous, why would anyone lie to me? Nobody lies to me. You can't get away with that. You always have to tell me the truth. Whenever I ask you a question, that type of self-righteousness, like I, I, I get it. You know, I like to function with common sense. I try to use logic. I try to understand both sides of every decision or anything that's said. And I understand why a player, an owner, a manager might not want to speak truthfully about sign stealing in Major League Baseball, even though they're asked questions. But there's this thought in the minds of some media members that these players, these owners, these managers, that they must tell the truth every time they're asked, asked a question. Every time they hold a press conference, they need to tell the truth. And so if they say something that's, that contradicts something else they said, they're going, well, wait a minute. Did he, did he lie? Did he, is he not telling us the truth? How dare he not tell us the truth? This doesn't make any sense. So today, look, that's an idea, that's a concept, that's a mindset that's so self-righteous, it's just nauseating to me. Like, if you're a media member that's like, this this player, this coach, this manager, this GM, this owner, they need to tell me the truth. I demand. And if they don't tell me the truth, then, you know, what are we doing here? How could you hold this press conference and not tell the truth? Like... As somebody, like I said, likes to use common sense and logic, I get it if somebody doesn't want to open up about this publicly, like put their face and their name to it. The only people that are going to open up about sign stealing in Major League Baseball and tell the truth are pitches. And they might even not, they might not even tell the full truth because they know they're doing something too. But pitches are the ones like, pitches will come out right now and they'll be like, what they did was wrong, what they did was wrong. You might even get some players to come on and be like, oh, what they did was wrong, but they're not telling the truth either. Nobody really is telling the truth. The only ones that that you could lean towards, you know, are speaking with some truth on sign stealing are the pitchers because they're the ones who are getting their signs picked. They're the ones who are getting lit up. They're the only ones. Anybody else, like I'm listening to owner Jim Crane, Astros owner Jim Crane today. And, you know, they're grilling him with questions and he contradicted himself a couple times. Uh, but here's the audio. Jim Crane, he's being asked a question, and, and he's being challenged on the answer to this question. Here's the audio. Here's Jim Crane. Jim, sign stealing is a distinct advantage for the hitter. So how is it that it doesn't affect competition? So then what are you guys apologizing for? Um, we're p- apologizing because we broke the rules. But isn't sign stealing a distinct advantage for the hitter, so it doesn't it automatically impact competition? It, it, it could possibly do that. It could possibly not. All right. So there's Jim Crane basically on the fence of whether or not what they were doing with sign stealing impacted the game, helped them win a championship, or maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Like, he contradicted himself on that. And, you know, some media members are like, they can't understand it. And the example I give, and I even tweeted at him, was... I it, Jeff Passan from ESPN tweeted, here's what he tweeted. He said, quote, here's the thing I have trouble squaring. 
If Astros owner Jim Crane says the players are not at fault for the sign-stealing scheme and should be absolved, why did they spend the entire morning apologizing and asking for absolution? The disconnect doesn't make any sense. That's just one example, and he's... I feel like, you know, he's not the only one asking these questions, wondering why everything that the Astros are saying are contradicting, is, is contradicting each other. Like, why are they all contradicting each other in Houston right now? But the, but the, the reason is, like, you shouldn't be so confused about that. My point is, it's simple. Here's what they want to say. Here is what the Houston Astros want to say, but they cannot say it because nobody wants to put their face and their name to the comment that I'm about to give you, which is what they want to say. Ready? I'm going to role play for a second. I'm a Houston Astros player. Or I'm the owner. Or I'm some schmuck in the organization that's being asked a question by the media. If you want, and I'm going to be 100% truthful with you right now. Ready? Ask a question about sign stealing. Here's what I'm going to say. Well, they're doing it to us. So, how much did it impact it? Well, I don't know. You have to ask the other teams. How much did it impact them when they were stealing our signs? Our pitchers change us. We change our signs. When we go into their building, they're picking our signs. They're using technology. They got scouting reports, putting together algorithms, and they think they know what's coming. They're doing it to us. Everyone's doing it. Did it impact the game? I guess. For both teams, though. So maybe then it didn't impact the game. They were doing it to us. We're not the only ones doing this. You think we're the only ones doing this? Not at all. We're just better at doing it than them. And our pitching staff, they change signs better than other teams change theirs. So do we do anything wrong? No. Is the championship tarnished? No. Because the team we were playing in the World Series was doing the same thing in their building. So, we weren't the only ones doing it. That's what the Astros want to say. That's what they want to say. But they can't say that. They can't say that. Because then this will never go away. They just want it to go away. The Astros wanted to get this press conference over with today even if they contradicted themselves, sounded like idiots. And I'm not even like, I get, but I get it. I get it. It's the reporters and the media, the people who are supposed to be knowledgeable about this stuff, who are like so confused that they contradict themselves. They, they tweet out the following. They're like, oh, this is a bad look. Ah, uh, you know, he's saying this, that, the other thing. It contradicts what this guy said. This is a bad look. I didn't think it could get worse. But it has. Shut up. Like, you know how corny that is? What, you're so self-righteous that, like, everybody's got to tell you the truth? And if they don't tell you the truth, then there's something up here. Well, no, it's it's simple. But these guys don't want to use common sense because they don't want to accept the fact that it's not just the Houston Astros. If they accept the fact that other teams are doing the same stuff, All right, the trash can situation. But do you know how players feel about the trash can situation? That's important. Like, to a man? I'm not talking about publicly putting a microphone and a camera in some guy's face and be like, tell me how you feel about the other team smashing a trash can. Of course they're going to be like, that's bullshit. The only truth you're going to get 
in this situation is either from a pitcher who's pissed off that's getting his signs picked or an anonymous player who doesn't want to put his face and his name to it because he doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't want to be the rat, and he doesn't want to then be investigated. Because if somebody wanted to put their face and their name to it, they would be told to shut up real quick, like some players were on Twitter when this first came out. Shut up by the league, shut up by their agents. They would be told to shut up, or they're going to get investigated. The players just want this to go away, but to a man, it's the anonymous players, it's the anonymous hitters currently in Major League Baseball that will tell you the full truth. And that's why my story that I wrote on my website, it's pinned to the top of my website, dannypicard.com. It's called Living on the Edge. Right? Living on the Edge. Baseball's love-hate relationship with technology and how a chosen few are paying the ultimate price for using it. Those chosen few, Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran. Two guys, two baseball lifers, two well-respected guys in the league who find themselves without a job in baseball right now because Rob Manfred put his sheriff's hat on and decided to go, you know, to go all out and throw the hammer down on one team. On one team. And the media is buying into it like, oh, this this is the only team doing it. You know why? Because there's more drama that way. If they just accepted the fact that even some of the sign-stealing techniques that the Astros are using are being used by other teams, it wouldn't be that crazy, would it? There wouldn't be as much drama to it. They couldn't dramatize it as much as they've been dramatizing it. And if there's no drama, what do they really have? They just have... Something that's been prevalent since the league, since baseball began. Sign stealing. And unique ways to steal those signs. It's, again, the overreaction world that we live in. The overreaction culture. And um, I talked to, I did some digging. I wish, and I tweeted this out today, I wish I could tell you one of the players I talked to who I quoted throughout most of my story. I wish I could tell you who it was. Because if I I could tell you who it was, it honestly would blow the absolute roof off this this story. Like, Like, it would be crazy. Like, I'm still in shock. So when I went digging, I talked to people, people, you know, send you around to other people who they think might talk on it and speak truthfully, and confirm what they believe. And so you make calls, and you send texts, and you shoot out messages, and, um, you know, there are a couple people that I was shocked actually responded to me. But they had a point to make. These people had a point. Like, they weren't getting paid, but they didn't want their name or their face on it, but they told the truth. There's one player that I wish I could tell you who it was, because... I'm still shocked to this day. It's the reason why I keep pumping this out to be such a big story. Because I think it is a big story. Because I think the truth lies within what an anonymous hitter has to say. Not a pitcher. The pitchers, they they don't want their signs stolen. And I get it. But the hitter's response to that is, well, change his signs. And we won't steal them. I mean, it's a simple sign sequence change in which, you know, Change it up. Come up with a unique way. Get creative. I'll get back to that in a second. But 
You won't get the full truth on sign stealing in a Major League Baseball unless you listen to anonymous players. I'm not, and I, I get it. I'm not Ken Rosenthal. I'm not Jeff Passan. I'm not Buster Olney. I'm not Peter Gammons. I'm not Jason Stock. I'm not Tom Verducci. I'm not any of these guys. So if they don't take me as seriously, and the public doesn't take me as someone like me as seriously because they don't know me. So I understand that aspect of it. But there are some people respected in the baseball world that do know me. Okay, there are people well-respected in the media that do know me, that fail to pump this story out for whatever reason. You're going to have to ask them. Um, And I think if some of these people in the baseball media did, who do know me, if they did pump this out, then it would pick up steam. I think it would open some eyes. I appreciate those who have pumped it out, but I, I just think that if you actually read it and see what at least one of these anonymous players and anonymous hitters that I mentioned in this story and quote throughout most of the story. If you listen to what he has to say, it to me, this is the only truth that that we have heard on this situation since Rob Manfred's report came out. And one of the quotes that I give at the very beginning tells, really sums it up. One of the anonymous hitters that I talked to, and the one that I told you I wish I could tell you who it was, but I can't, because he spoke, you know, on the condition of he wanted to be anonymous. He said, quote, I don't know if cutting the head off a snake is the right thing to do because there's a lot of snakes. He continues, to get rid of Cora and Beltran and do it like this, you're opening up Pandora's box. Because there's a lot of teams. Now, they might not be as successful as the Astros are doing it, but a lot of teams are doing this. And the successful ones are consistently in the playoffs. The first part of that quote, when talking about sign stealing and the use of technology to steal signs, and specifically asked about the Astros, and to clarify, this player has never played for the Astros has never played for any of the teams I mentioned in this report. Has never played for the Dodgers. Has never played for the Red Sox. Has never played for the Yankees. But this player said, quote, I don't know if cutting the head off a snake is the right thing to do because there's a lot of snakes. A lot of teams do this, and the successful ones are consistently in the playoffs. That That's a... I mean... I'm telling you right now, like that tells the story of that sums it up for me. You know, you you should read the rest of the story, but but really, if you just wanted to read that quote, that should sum it up. Oh, what you don't you don't believe him? I tell you what, I wouldn't reported this if I didn't believe him. I wouldn't have reported this if I didn't get that quote confirmed by other players in the league currently who don't want to say that unless they're anonymous. And why? Because they don't want to get investigated themselves. They don't want to get their own teams in trouble. They don't, they just, they all want this to go away. That's it. That's it. That's all they want. They want it to go away. Um, and when I'm listening to the Astros today, I'm hearing them and I'm going, well, they, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're not being truthful with anyone. And yeah, they're contradicting themselves because they don't know what to say. Because they're trying to dodge, they're trying to not spew out what they really want to tell the world, which is that 
you idiots, it's not just us. Like, you think some of the things we were doing to steal signs began with us? You think it began with Alex Cora, you fools? You think it ended with us? You think it's over? You think because Rob Manfred suspended AJ Hinch and Jeff Luno that teams aren't going to use technology to steal signs in 2020? It's, just, it's a joke. And one of those players, one of these players that I talked to said that. I'm going to read a couple other quotes. Said this, this hitter that I talked to, one of the hitters that I talked to said, quote, the average person can't understand that this is part of baseball, that you're stealing signs. That's the basis of it. So like, okay, well, we're going to make that public now. Fine. But you just created a whole shitstorm. Because since the beginning of time, the beginning of baseball, people are trying to find an edge, trying to find a way to win, to get over on the other guy. End quote. And, you know, I, listen, I get people will say, well, the Astros were doing it in a way where they were smashing trash cans before every pitch. You know, they didn't have to rely on the guy on second. You know, they were going even beyond a runner from the video replay review room to the dugout to get to the guy on second. They didn't need a guy on second. They just had a guy at the plate listening to a trash can being smashed in his arena in order to know what was coming. You know, isn't that too much? Well, you would think, yeah, maybe it is a little too much. But what players are not going to tell you publicly is the, is the following quote that I got from one of these hitters. He said, quote, if you're banging trash cans and the other team can't pick up on that, then that's the other team's fault. End quote. And, like, if you think about it, that's true. If you're a pitcher, and you can change your signs, and you can change your sign sequences, and you're hearing, like, trash cans go off, well, there's a simple solution to to changing it up. It's changing your signs, changing the sign sequence, going a different sequence. Again, the mindset of a hitter, well, you don't want to get your signs picked, change your signs. Be better at changing your signs. You know, this player told me that, one of these players told me that the reason the Nationals won the World Series is because they had a staff that was just better at changing their signs than the other team, than the Astros. The Nationals were just better at changing their signs. <laughs> that's, a, that's, he said, that's why they won the World Series. Um, so the trash can thing, everybody's worked up about that, but it is pretty stupid if you're getting worked and you're getting rocked off of that. Like, you know, if you hear a trash can going off, you change your sign real quick. Change the way you're going to do things. I, I Easy for me to say, right? Easy for me to say. I'm not the pitcher that gets called up from the minor leagues that has maybe one shot to get things done and there's trash cans going off. I get it. And I even, when it comes to the trash can stuff, that was ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. But you heard all these other stories this week talking about the code breaker. What's the code breaker? You read that story from the Wall Street Journal. You know what that is? It's scouting staffs putting together reports on whether it was previous game film or even live game footage on how to decode signs, on knowing other pitches, certain pitches, preferred sign sequences, not just their first one, but their second one, their third one, and on and on and on. They have scouting reports that put this stuff together. 
You know, they're used before games. They're used during games. These algorithms to decode signs. The Astros had a name for it. The code breaker. Wall Street Journal reported it like it was breaking news. I got news for you. It wasn't. I reported it. Because an anonymous player told me about this. And it was confirmed by other anonymous players that these things do happen. These things do happen. Um, here's a quote when it gets into the scouting staffs and the scouting reports and the algorithms that these, these teams have certain people put together to, to decode signs. Here's a quote from the player that I talked to, one of the players I talked to. He said, quote, when you have a scouting report because ancillary staff has scouted the signs of a catcher and you know what the signs are, or you know what percentage the pitcher's using the second sign to start out, and if it's not the second sign, it's the fourth sign, is that doing it the right way? I'm not sure that's doing it the right way. Is it against the rules? Well, no, it's not against the rules, but I don't know if you can draw the line. This hitter continued, if you were identifying it with your own eye and you were coming up with it, then that's one thing. But to have a scouting report be like, okay, he's 90% third sign at second base, and then he's 10% fourth sign, or he's outs plus one in even innings, and odd innings, he strikes plus one, shit like that. End quote. Now, look, you might, you might be, that, that might be complicated, and it can be complicated. And I had some pitches tell me that it's that can get so complicated that they can't change their signs as much as they'd like because their catches are not very bright. That that's a, that was a, those were real quotes come my way. There's a lot of stuff I couldn't use in this report. That's one of the things I didn't use. That catches just couldn't understand or couldn't they just didn't have they didn't have the the bandwidth in their brain to be able to remember all these different sequences so that the pitcher could could keep changing them or they'd be cross-ups nonstop. So the pitchers have to simplify it maybe more than they'd like. So they can't change their signs as much as hitters might say, well, if you're getting your signs picked, change them. If you hit a trash can going off in Houston, hey, change your signs. Pitchers say, well, it's not as easy as that, and they point the finger at the catchers. <laughs> so, like, but... The use of technology, they, they, like it's it's a real thing. You have guys who run. You can go look. You can go in the clubhouse, and this is again another quote from from this hitter that I quote throughout most of the story. He says, "Quote: If you don't want us to use technology in the game, don't put a camera on the signs." He continued, "Everybody uses technology. Everyone." He says, "Quote in." Quote, I'll go in the clubhouse in the middle of a game and I'll look at the at-bat that I just had before. So where do you draw the line? He says he goes, he looks at his at-bat, looks to see if the, the pitcher is tipping his pitches and he says he can see the signs. He can he can see those signs. Um, He says he goes in and, and watches it frame by frame. He says, quote, it's not live, but it doesn't matter if it's not live. They use the same signs. I guess pitchers are just going to have to keep switching their signs. End quote. Look, my point ultimately is that this anonymous player, who everybody knows, and I wish I could tell his name, but I can't, is talking to me as if 
It's ridiculous that Manfred is coming down on the Astros because you cut the head off a snake, but the problem is there's a lot of snakes. The problem is you also got a lot of technology. You got a lot of other teams with scouting staffs who have a job to decode signs and come up with algorithms to know what sign sequences there are for certain pitches. Like, he gave me an example where, you know, there was a, a player that we all know. There, there was a player we all know who was on second base. This player I talked to was in the field. Okay? Was in the field. A relief pitcher came in from the bullpen. During the pitching change, he overheard the runner on second base and the first base coach when they came together. They weren't talking about strategy on run the bases. They were talking about the sign sequence that this pitcher coming into the game was going to use in this moment. And he pointed out how ridiculous that was because this pitcher had just got called up from the minor leagues. And yet the scouting staff and the, and the team and the organization knew what his sign sequence was going to be. The first base coach and the runner at second base in the middle of a game, in the middle of the pitching change, they weren't talking about, hey, just to let you know, like, um, yeah, it's, it's two outs. You know, we're scoring. <laughs> you know, we're, you contact, you're going. We're scoring. Uh, like, there was no strategy other than he was, the first base coach was telling him what the sign sequence was. And this wasn't the Astros doing it. So, uh, you got to go read the story. And I know it's, it for people who don't know me, it's tougher for them to take a story like this from someone like me seriously because I'm not Ken Rosenthal. But I think that's why I got this story. I think that's why this player was willing to talk to me. In a, in a weird way. And, like, I look at it and go, well, I understand why he's doing it anonymously. We even had a conversation about that, about why it was anonymous, about why he was going about it anonymously. You don't want to get investigated. You don't want to throw your own team under the bus. You don't want to throw people you know under the bus. Like, like I got names of players. I reached out to other players. Like, people confirmed it. It's not just the Astros. I tried to send that message home in this report. And, and the other message is that the only people that will actually tell the truth on this stuff are anonymous players. So if you are Rosenthal or Passan or Buster Olney or Peter Gammons right now, here's what you should be doing. You should be going to players going, can you talk to me about this? But I'm not going to put your name on it. You're good. You're good. But tell, but, but tell me, what's going on? I had a player that, yeah, I did some digging. But there were a couple players that responded that I never thought would. And they did. But they just wanted to be anonymous. And so I went with it. And I wasn't going to go with it if I didn't end up confirming a lot of this stuff with other players. Other current players. None of which, by the way, I didn't talk to a single player that played for Houston, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, or what other team did I mentioned? Or the Yankees. None of these players played for any of those teams. And yet, 
they are saying it's not just Houston. It's not. It's not just Houston. And in fact, it's like we get we can get all worked up about the trash can thing, right? But I also gave a story about Victor Martinez. And I think I've told this story a couple times in the show already. But what multiple players confirmed was this knowledge of a sign-stealing scheme that Victor Martinez had with the Detroit Tigers in 2014 that had guys with different colored T-shirts and binoculars in the outfield, both home and away. And Victor Martinez in 2014, he had a season for himself. Um, I mean, his season, you could Google Victor Martinez 2014 and read some of the stories about his season. Like, it's a historic season. It's documented for his home run to strikeout ratio and his walks to strikeout ratio. He was 35 that season, 35 years old. He hit a career-high 32 home runs. Had He walked 70 times. He struck out 42 times. He Think about that. He walked 70 times, 7-0, and struck out 42 in 151 games. The first two months of that season, Victor Martinez had more home runs than strikeouts. At the official midway point, Victor Martinez had 21 home runs and struck out just 23 times. The quote from one of the hitters I talked to said, quote, that doesn't fucking happen. Guys are throwing way too fucking hard. It doesn't happen. He was a great player. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't happen. So how'd he do it? Well, he did it with guys with different colored t-shirts and binoculars in the outfield. This is not a story that's documented. I found this out from current players. Multiple confirmed it. And they confirmed the belief throughout the league that Major League Baseball actually caught Victor Martinez in, at the end of 2014. And they didn't punish him. At least there's no public knowledge of a punishment. I reached out to Major League Baseball. They denied even knowing about this situation. Well, you know how I ended up finding out that these players weren't bullshitting me? I was Googling Victor Martinez 2014, nothing was coming up. And then in the description of something, I just kind of caught the words Chris Sale intentionally throws at Victor Martinez. So I opened up the game story. And the game story was talking about, well, Chris Sale maybe accused Victor Martinez of stealing signs. I'm like, ah, all right. And then they were coaching Chris Sale and he was denying that that was going on. Like he wasn't throwing Victor Martinez under the bus publicly. And it just kind of squashed the whole story, and there was never another story on it. At least that I could find, and I did a lot of searching. So I'm like, I need to see this. I need to see how this played out. So I went on YouTube, and then on MLB's YouTube page, there was a video of Chris Sale in September of 2014 intentionally hitting Victor Martinez. Three innings before that, he struck out Victor Martinez Chris Sale was with the Chicago White Sox at the time. Victor Martinez, again, with the Detroit Tigers. This game was in Detroit. Chris Sale struck out Victor Martinez in the third inning, and it's on the video. Tipped his cap out to center field and pointed out to center field. And I'm going, whoa! He's acknowledging the guys in center field that these other players told me about. And then in the sixth inning, he hits Victor Martinez, 
And afterwards, Victor Martinez literally walks to first base. He walks. No light jog. Nothing. No pep in the step. He walked. He was pissed. He gets to first. He's looking at Chris Sale. Chris Sale looks over. He's like, what are you looking at? And then a microphone picks it up and you can read his lips. And again, I embedded the video in this story on my website and I quoted him. He said, hey, why are you looking at your boys out there, huh? Why are you looking at your boys out there? And he's pointing to center field. And I go, this is beautiful. This is a confirmation. And Major League Baseball caught Victor Martinez and they didn't punish him. No stories on this. This should be breaking news. Because if you think about it, it's the same thing as the trash can story with Houston. Same exact thing. Okay, it's not via the use of video cameras in the replay room. But it's the knowledge of guys in the outfield who understand the sign sequences of certain pitches who can give Victor Martinez a sign without a guy on second base. Like, we are trying to really confuse ourselves with sign stealing in baseball as to how it goes down. Technology, is it live? Well, see, at the end of the day, it's being funneled to a guy at second base. Or maybe someone in the dugout and he's looking over in the dugout, but sometimes that's too obvious and they don't do that. They rely on a guy on base, a guy on second. Or maybe the first base coach, the third base coach. Like, this is just, the trash can thing was like, you don't need to look anywhere. You can just listen. Victor Martinez, 2014, guys in the outfield every game. Historic numbers. He doesn't need a guy on base. He's got his boys in the outfield. Chris Sale tried to, you know, he tried to punish Victor Martinez when Major League Baseball wouldn't. And, like, that's just one situation the play has pointed out. They pointed out to me, and I mentioned in the story, the Toronto Blue Jays. Remember they used to mash at home? They said they had a guy in the outfield with binoculars. They don't. They didn't need a guy on second base to mash and to smash home runs. Encarnacion, Batista, who had his first big year in the early 2010s. Um, like this stuff is prevalent. Major League Baseball has known about it. Other players have known about it. They don't go on the record publicly and talk about it because either they're not a pitcher or there's someone that doesn't want to get their own team investigated, so they need to go anonymous. So if you're a media member out there today and you're like, oh, how could the Astros not tell us the truth? How, are they co- how could they possibly contradict themselves? How dare they lie to us? Well, try to use some common sense. And that's what my report attempted to do. Is to smack some common sense in everybody. Where it's not just Houston. And the Astros today, as I'm sitting there listening to them, I'm going, it's what they want to say. All they want to do is yell to the media, it's not just us, it's everybody else too. But they can't. They can't do that. And they're not going to do it. I almost applaud them for not doing that. Right? I almost applaud them for not doing that. I I do I give them some credit. They're not coming out going. Everybody else is doing it. Um, but players on other teams are like, to a man, they're not going to say publicly. You're going to get other players at spring training now 
who are going to be asked. They're going to do their media sessions. And the media is going to talk to them anyways. And they're going to be like, what do you think of the Astros? They're going to be like, oh, that's bullshit. They should be punished. Uh, they're going to say all that. They don't mean it. You talk to that player, say, hey, I'll call you anonymously. If they want to talk, you know what they'll tell you? They'll tell you, it's not just them. But some people, might they don't even want to go that route. They don't even want to say that. Because they don't want anybody leaking to another reporter that so-and-so told me this. Then it leads to an investigation of that team. They don't even want to do it. But I'm just here to tell you what the Astros wanted to tell everybody today. Is that we're not the only ones doing it. And I thought the quote that I gave you at sort of towards the beginning of my story that sums it all up is a quote from an anonymous player that said, I don't know if cutting the head off a snake is the right thing to do because there's a lot of snakes. I wouldn't have reported this. I'm not somebody that's out there just trying to break news to break news. Um, I'm not. I'm not trolling you guys. I like to think logically. I like to give you the truth. I like to base opinions on facts. I believe this player. I believe the multiple players that I talked to. And the common theme was that Cora and Beltran got screwed because if you think that sign-stealing with the use of technology or sign-stealing schemes with the use of algorithms, whether it's before a game on a scouting report or in-game algorithms to decode signs or unique ways that maybe nobody even knows about that they're stealing signs, if you think that that stuff began with Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran or even will end with Cora and Beltran just because of all this madness— then you're naive. You're a fool. Or you're just a puppet for Major League Baseball, or maybe you're just a pitcher who's tired of getting your signs picked because your catcher is too dumb to maybe get a little more complicated with the sign sequence. This is real talk. These are the facts. This is the truth. The national media right now, they don't want to go there because then it's not as dramatized. If everyone's doing it, and it's just your generic sign stealing in baseball, it is what it is. They don't have a story that's, that has this much drama. Just going after one organization that sounds like idiots answering the question because they know they can't tell the truth, that's the juicy stuff. That's the juicy stuff. And then your self-righteous media members that are like, oh, this is a bad look. They're not telling us the truth. This is bad. (laughs) Oh, okay, dude. Oh, okay. Nah. It's not, like, I think we just need to move on. I think we just need to move on. That's it. I, I, I just, read my story, please. Uh, spread, spread the word. Retweet it. I know I keep pumping it out, but because not everybody has seen it. Do you know that I've had, I'm trying to think. I probably shouldn't even be saying this, right? I probably shouldn't even be saying this. I'm not going to give names. I'm not going to give names. But since I wrote this report, I have heard from others that I didn't even talk to that that don't even know me in the league. Current and former. Players. that, That have either followed me 
or have messaged me. It's funny when, when you come up with a story like this, some of the people that reach out and will have things to say. And sometimes I get some things that some things have come my way and I've followed up on it and it turns out to be horse shit. But then there's other things that are like, well, all right, so that confirms that. that this person randomly reaching out to me saying, saying, nice job on that one, confirms that. You know, you, you start checking off all the boxes. You know, I wouldn't keep pumping this out if that stuff didn't keep coming my way. I'd like them to push this out for me. Some people just who are reaching out just can't push it out themselves. I get it. I get it. It, it leads me back to that anonymous aspect of it all. It's like, you're not going to get the whole truth unless you get somebody to speak anonymously about the truth. A lot of times in the media, when pro athletes talk, they're not giving you the truth. I accept that. I understand it. Because if I was a pro athlete, I wouldn't be giving the truth out about everything either. If my face and name was on it. The problem with that isn't... To me, the problem isn't the lie that the play is telling. The problem is the self-righteous media member that is on such a high horse that they're like, that's bullshit. This is a bad look. Now we're going to keep dramatizing this thing because this asshole is telling me, telling me a lie or they're contradicting themselves. You get access to talk to the players. You're not putting them under oath. You owed the facts. Why are you owed the facts and the whole truth? Let me ask you that. You're not. You're owed a conversation. It's up to you to believe them or not. Sometimes these guys believe everything they say. They don't think they're being used. They don't think that something could be a lie. Or that something could maybe be twisted in a certain way to help protect the player. Or maybe he's protecting someone else. They don't believe that's the case. They believe if they hear it from this player, it's true. And I get it. You could say to me, well, Danny, you heard it from players. Like, how do you know yours is true? Well, I guess you, you, you have to piece things together. I didn't just get one player to speak anonymously and go, well, that's the truth. I confirmed things. And I'm just telling you that the, the confirmations that I continue to receive on it is like, you know, it, it allows me to continue to pound my chest in this story moving forward because I, I, I absolutely believe 110% that the fact, the truth here is that the Houston Astros were not the only team doing it. And they weren't even close to being the only team doing it. To do, be doing things to steal signs. And I'm under the impression too, like I can't, I can't necessarily confirm certain ways that other teams are stealing signs. But I, what I can tell you is that there are beliefs out there that teams are doing things that have not yet been reported as to the ways they're going about doing it. Which could make just as much of an impact, if not more, than smashing trash cans. Honestly, players do not believe the trash can thing is a, uh, an actual scheme that their teams get beaten by. They, it's not. They don't... They just think, if you're, honestly, if you're getting beat by that, that's on you. Like, what are you, an idiot? You don't hear trash cans smashing off? Being smashed? Change your signs. Honestly. So I even think we're making a big, too much of a deal about that. My point is it shouldn't be a big deal. If, unless Manfred wants to go all out and demolish his league, then we can make it a big deal. But he doesn't want to do that. 
And the Astros having to comment on all this now. It sounds ridiculous. It looks ridiculous because it is ridiculous because they're not saying, they're not telling you how they really feel. You want to know how they really feel? Read my story. That's how they feel. Everybody's doing it. Or at least it's prevalent. And they've just been better at the execution part of it than others. I mean, the part that Jim Crane was like, you know what? Like he's hesitant at times to say it's impactful. Even some of the players I talked to, they were like, eh, you know what? It doesn't help everyone. Believe it or not. There are guys, veterans, rookies, that don't want to know what's coming. Honestly. like that. There are other guys that, you know, you could be an all-star or turn you into an MVP. Everyone's different. And some guys will say, well, I don't want to know what's coming because I will swing. And, like, it's not always location either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, or it's not always perfected. Because scene, sign sequences are changed. And maybe the team doesn't know it. Like, so it's not, it's not this automatic that everybody thinks. Does it help you? Yeah, sign stealing. It's an advantage. It's an advantage that everybody tries to use. And everybody tries to use the technology aspect of it. It's not always as advantageous as people want to make it out to be. It's not. It doesn't work every time. It's just a shit show. It's a shit storm, as a player told me. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Uh, I am just, I'm, I'm, I'm mind blown by... Some of the reporters that are on Twitter being like, oh, this is such a bad look. Why can't you understand that they're not telling you how they really feel? Huh? Why can't you understand that they don't have to tell you the truth? They don't have to tell you the truth. They just want to get this over with. They just want to say their piece and move on. So that the next time they talk, they can refer to, well, I already talked about that. You can refer back to my original statement and my original apology. Thanks. They just want to move on. But when everybody does move on, you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? They're going to find a way to steal signs. You know why they're going to do it? And you know why they're not going to feel bad about doing it? Because the team that they're playing is doing it to them. Some people just can't can't wrap their brains around that, though. And... It's their job to give the public the truth, but they don't give you the truth. They're dramatizing this one team that got caught and they don't want to hear the truth. If they did, they would retweet my story. They would mention my story. They might even take my story and do some digging of their own. But the problem is my sources, I will tell you right now, are the best of the best. And I don't even think these guys could get this stuff. And that, at the end of the day, is ultimately why they're not spreading it because they don't want to get beat to a story by somebody who is unemployed in the sports writing industry, who lost his job because the news because the newspaper that I wrote for for the last five six years shut down a month ago. And it's, instead of running and hiding or going to get another job, you know how I responded? I broke the biggest story in baseball and I beat all the media members to it. And there's an insecurity there with them. To not throw this out there. Or mention it. (laughs) Or even acknowledge it. All you gotta do is acknowledge it. And then you might. You publicly can understand. 
why the Astros are answering questions like this and why nothing they're saying is making sense and they're all contradicting each other. Because they don't know what to say. Because they're never going to tell you the truth. Jeff Passan, they don't owe you the truth. Ken Rosenthal, they're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to try to say things to just bury this and move on. But the truth is that they want to tell you that they are not the only team doing this shit. That's it. Some people just can't, just they can't understand that concept of it. If they if they could, it's just simple. This whole thing is just simple. It's like, well, they're not the only team doing it. You know? Is it is the problem the players or the organizations or the owners or the GMs, the managers? Who's, who's the problem here? Or is the problem the league that continues to force-feed technology into the game? Right? Is the problem the league that decided we're going to use one team and a couple players to set an example? We're going to cut the head off a snake. But as one player told me, that's a bad idea because there's a lot of snakes. And the biggest problem of it all is that Commissioner Rob Manfred is not going to continue to dig to find those snakes. He could if he wanted to, but he doesn't want to. And right now, everybody just wants to move on from this. I don't think everybody can move on unless they just accept the fact that they're not the only team doing it. They can't accept that fact if they don't know it to be true. But if they read my story, they will know. It is true. It is true. It is true. Um, so that's just some of the craziness, man. I didn't even mean to spend that much time on that, but, like, there's a lot going on. I mean, you got Blockbuster Trades, Mookie Betts, David Price. They go to the Dodgers. I've already talked about that a lot. They had their press conference yesterday on Wednesday. You got the Red Sox who have Ron Renneke. They name Ron Renneke their interim manager. They had a press conference the other day. That was awkward as well. Because they're not telling us the whole truth about anything. And of course, they have the press conference about the Mookie Betts David Price trade, and they're not They're not telling you the truth about everything either. I have another story on my website that tells you the truth as to what Mookie Betts wants. He wants to go to free agency. Look, there's a lot of craziness. I can't get back into the Mookie Betts David Price thing. I've already done that in a couple different shows. Like, what's done is done. You got to move on. Um, but Mookie Betts answered questions yesterday and basically implied everything that I told you that he is not having conversations about negotiation right now. He's going to free agency. The Dodgers are going to find that out. If the Dodgers are going to pay for him, they're going to have to be the highest bidder, which will be in a bidding war with another team in free agency. Because that's where Mookie Betts is destined to go. Because that's where he wants to go. That's where his agent wants him to go. And that's where it certainly sounded like he was going when he was talking yesterday. But he had that press conference. Again, back to the Renneke press conference. The interim tag on Renneke is interesting. People asking, well, what is that? And Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Haim Bloom said, well, the interim tag is because we want to make sure this investigation on the Red Sox is over. But, you know, but, but, but when that investigation is over, are they going to take the interim tag off Renneke? I don't think so. 
Here's what the interim tag tells me. It tells me that the team is at least open to having Alex Cora come back next season. Now, is it possible he comes back this season? I don't know. Honestly, your guess is as good as mine on this one. Like, I don't know. We don't know the result of the investigation, which is such a joke, too. Right? Isn't that an absolute joke? How long have you had to investigate the 2018 Red Sox for stealing signs? You're going to let this linger into spring training? That's a joke. At the same time, you're going to announce this crazy postseason format of reality TV? Like, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. But holy shit. How do you let an investigation like this carry into spring training? That's a joke. And just leaving everybody in limbo, wondering what's going on. Come on. Figure it out. Finish your investigation and make an announcement, would you? But the interim tag on Raneke tells me that the Red Sox are at least open to bringing back Alex Cora. That's what that tells me. Is that true? I'm not speaking with any knowledge of the situation. I'm just trying to understand all the sides and everything that's gone on. And it's like, why interim? Like, you've had weeks. You've had a month, right? To figure out who your manager's going to be. You decided to go with the bench coach of, of the guy that's currently being investigated. Which tells me that if you combine that idea of it with the interim tag that they're giving them, that they're smacking on Renicky, it tells me, I, I think, there's a chance that Alex Cora returns to the Red Sox. We're going to have to see what this investigation, uh, you know, discovered. But there's a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. But it's been wacky. It's been a wacky couple weeks. Um... And then the postseason format that I told you. Like, this, the postseason proposal is prob that might be the craziest thing that's happened in the last two weeks. Not the Betts blockbuster trade. Not the Houston Astros press conference stuff. Not Ron Ranicki, the interim manager of the Red Sox. Not, not even the rule change for next year in which Major League Baseball said there's going to be a three batter minimum for pitches, which is dumb. I hate it. Now, you could come in with two outs in an inning, get one out, and then be done. You don't have to come back in for two hitters the next inning. Once the inning's over, you're done. But if you come in to a game, you know, if there's one out, and you're a lefty coming in to face a lefty with one out, and you get that out against a lefty, and then a right-handed hitter comes up with two outs, that lefty has to face the right-handed hitter. You can't take them out. That's stupid. I don't like that. Because they say they want to speed up the game. They don't want the, the, the constant changes. Well, what happens if the lefty then starts getting lit up? Doesn't that prolong the game a little bit? Instead of allowing a team to bring in another pitcher to just ring them up, sit them down? Like, I don't like it. Here's something I think is going to be an issue, though, with that. Injuries or illness, will be judged by the umpire. (laughs) Like, teams are going to use this. And then it's going to be the judgment. It's a, what, a judgment call? To okay it, if you're the home plate umpire? Or if you're the crew chief? 
So, if I'm a team, I bring in a left-handed specialist with one out. There's a righty on. There's a right-handed slugger on deck. I bring in a lefty specialist to face a lefty. He gets the out. All of a sudden, he starts shaking the arm. Right? It's like ah, calls out the calls out the manager. Like ah, the uh, the arm's hurting. Like what's going on? Like oh, we got to bring in the righty. (laughs) Strategy. Is he hurt or is it strategy? That that call is on the umpire to make that judgment. Now, what if a guy's really hurt? Doesn't have to be a dislocation. Doesn't have to be a actual cut on his hand. What if there's like something inside? He's like, it doesn't feel right. What? We're relying on the umpire to to make that judgment? What's your doctor? Oh, let's get a team doctor out here. Okay, the team doctor is going to go do whatever the team wants him to do in that situation if they're lying about it. I'm telling you right now that it's going to be an issue. It's This is stupid. You shouldn't be telling teams when and where they can make changes with their pitches. I, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't agree with it. I think it's dumb. But they're going with the three-pitcher minimum. Excuse me, three-hitter minimum. For pitches. And it begins next season. This season. 2020. But. That's not. I, I I went on a tangent. That's not even the most ridiculous thing that's going on. The most ridiculous proposal. Is. A proposal by Major League Baseball. To want to take the postseason. And go from 10 teams. To 14 teams. That's not the crazy part. Let me let me break it down. I'll tell you what the crazy part is. So the proposal is they want to go from 10 teams to 14 teams. Currently, the postseason of Major League Baseball is 10 teams. They want to go to 14, which means they're going to have set based on the proposal. It means they're going to have seven teams in the American League, seven teams in the National League. All right. Three division winners per usual in the American League, three division winners per usual in the National League. And then in each league, four wildcard teams. So in the American League, you'll get three division winners and four wildcards. In the National League, three division winners, four wildcards. The best record. Try to try to keep up with me here because it, it's going to get a little complicated. The best record in each league, the one seed, gets a bye to the divisional series, the ALDS or the NLDS, which leaves... Six teams in each league to battle it out in the wild card round. Who faces who? This is where it gets absolutely wacky, absurd, foolish, and makes me wonder what type of drugs Rob Manfred is doing in the Major League Baseball offices. All right, I, I tweeted out, time to take the DMT away from Rob Manfred, away from Sheriff Manfred. He's lost his mind. He's speaking to the DMT elves. They're giving him all this information on what needs to be done to fix the game. Well, here's what you do. You let the teams pick what teams they're going to play in the postseason. Unbelievable. Here we go. So after the top teams in each league get a bye, you'll get six teams in the American League, six teams in the National League, in the wild card round. Let's just stick with one league to make it less complicated. The American League. Top seven teams. Top team gets a bye. You have then the two division winners and the four wild cards. 
in the American League. The division winner with the second best record. All right. Will select its wild card opponent from the three wild card winners who are not hosting a series. So the what the, the but but one of the wild card winners, the top wild card, will host a series. So the division winner with the second best record will get to choose who they want to play. That choice will come from the final three, the worst three wildcard teams. The, the idea that you would even let a team select their playoff opponent is so absurd, it's not even funny. Okay? It's not even funny that you would let a team, like, and it's complicated. Some people might not even understand that. I understand it because I have it drawn out in front of me. The division winner with the second best record selects its wildcard opponent from the worst of the worst three of the four wildcard teams. So you can't pick the you can't pick the best wildcard team. You get to pick any of the three of the worst wildcard teams if you're the division winner with the second best record. The division winner with with the worst record, so the third division winner then chooses its opponent from the remaining two wildcard teams. You with me? Which leaves one wildcard team, uh, two wildcard teams. So the wildcard winner with the best record then goes against the wildcard team that is not yet chosen. Stupid. It's just stupid. And then after that, what will happen is the winners of those series advance to the ALDS. Okay? So you'll get three wild card series in each league. And then the three winners of those series will advance to the divisional round in their respective league, along with the first place division team that got the bye, which will leave you with four teams in the divisional round. But the craziest part is that you're letting teams select who they want to play in the wild card round. It's dumb. It makes no sense. And in fact, the more I go over this, it's like, I mean, are you even rewarding certain teams? Like, it doesn't look like it. Where are the rewards here? It's it's stupid. It's stupid. I don't know how the players will sign off on this. And here's, I didn't even mention the craziest part. It's so crazy that I'm forgetting certain aspects of it. They want these teams to make these selections in reality TV format. In a reality TV format. Like, they want to do it on the Sunday night, the last day of the regular season. They want these guys on a TV show on MLB Network, and they say, who are they going to select that they're playing? They want a selection show. They want their own selection Sunday. Dumb. Dumb. You can't do it. You can't do it that way. I'm against expansion at all. I think it's fine the way it is. If you did want to expand it by a team or two, you certainly cannot expand it and then have teams pick their opponents in the first round. That is some crazy commissioners on DMT type bullshit. Like, that's what that is. Makes no sense. 
Makes no sense. Um, but whatever happens, if it does get passed, I don't think it will, but uh, we'll keep our eye on that story as we will on all the other Major League Baseball stories as spring training. I just need to move on from the sign stealing stuff because I feel like I'm just, you know, slamming my head against the wall sometimes listening to these media members try to try to break it down and react to it. They're not using logic. They're not understanding the truth, which is that a lot of teams are doing it. And I think we just all need to move on. I, I think that Rob Manfred might want people to move on now. You know? But this is what he did. This is this is what happens when you try to be the sheriff and you try to come down hard and throw the hammer down on certain guys and it ends up affecting other guys in their baseball careers. You know? I don't know how you would have expected this to just go away. Maybe you come up with some ridiculous postseason format to change change the story. <laughs> but uh, anyways, spring training, the actual games are almost here, and uh, I can't wait to see what the Red Sox will look like this year without Mookie Betts, without David Price. I still think they'll have a shot to get to the postseason. I really do. I really do. But we got plenty of time to talk about that. We also have plenty of time to talk about Tom Brady's future, though. You know, the new league year begins next month. And between now and then, we got a full month here where there's going to be plenty of speculation on where Tom Brady goes. The updated odds on Tom Brady's future. Um, I am seeing that the Raiders... I just had the website up and my internet shut down, but here we go. The Patriots are still the favorite. All right. Patriots are still the favorite to land Brady. And they are at minus 250. The Raiders are now the favorite outside of the Patriots at plus 300. The Las Vegas Raiders, followed by the Chargers at plus 400. The Buccaneers at plus 700. Though Jameis Winston just got LASIK surgery, right? So he is not going to throw any more interceptions or make any dumb decisions? (laughs) I love how some people are like, oh, Jameis Winston, LASIK surgery. Yeah, he's really going to cut down on the interceptions. Well, wait a minute. Was it his eyesight or was it his decision-making? Because LASIK surgery, last time I checked, doesn't fix your (laughs) decision-making. Okay? It doesn't. So what was the issue? I didn't know we were blaming Jameis Winston's interception issues on, on his eyesight. I didn't think we were going there. But we'll see. But the Buccaneers, plus 700 to land Brady, followed by the Carolina Panthers, plus 900. The Cowboys, plus 900. The Colts, plus 900. You could stop there because he's definitely not going the Colts. Anyone who even brings up the Colts, I just I just wonder, like, what's going on in their brains? Do you really think that Tom Brady is going to leave the Patriots and go play for the team that Peyton Manning became a legend on an organization that Peyton Manning became a legend in? You think Brady's going to go play in the shadow of Peyton Manning? Is that what you think? You can't honestly believe that. So if you ever bring up Indy, like, automatically, I shut you off. I go, it's stupid. Don't don't even consider that. But then run up the list. The Cowboys, not happening. They're going to bring Prescott back. Carolina... 
I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't think Brady would go to Carolina. Tampa Bay, Brady's not going to Tampa Bay. The Chargers and the Raiders, I think you can make your arguments for those teams. But at the end of the day, and I heard Teddy Bruschi say this on ESPN last night, and this is the thing that makes most the most sense. But again, a lot of people don't want to use common sense. Is that at the end of the day, Tom Brady is going to play for the team that gives him the best chance to win next year. Because he's not a guy that's hanging around at 43 years old into his mid-40s just to keep playing, just to hang around. He's playing to try to keep winning. The Patriots are the team that gives him the best chance to keep winning. He knows that. And so I think that he's coming back. I do. I think he's coming back. You can try to read into any of these reports that you want. But we got a month until the new league year. And I got news for you. We're going to hear more reports because it is a public negotiation. It is. Brady's going to use media members. Robert Kraft, he's going to use Bill Belichick. They're going to use media members in order to, to eat, in order for each side to get what they want. Or at least get close to what they want to be able to come to an agreement. You know, unless there's some breaking news where it's like the Patriots trade for Andy Dalton, then I'll be devastated. Then it's over, and I'm out. I already told you that. I I told you that. I'm not going to go on that rant again. But you can't make us go from Tom Brady to Andy Dalton. Sorry. You know what? I won't root for him. I will not root for Andy Dalton. I already went on this rant. I'm not going to do it again, but I won't. But if that happens, then you know it's over. But until something like that happens, I will be under the belief that Tom Brady is returning to the Patriots so you can take that minus 250, all right? You can put your money on, yeah, Brady's coming to the Patriots. He's coming back to the Patriots. He's not leaving the Patriots. Minus 250. That's, I mean, that's it. That's what it is. Um, Also Patriots-related, Patriots Director of Player Personnel, Nick Casario, signs an extension. Nick Casario, there were some rumors that he was leaving. What happened there? Oh, all of a sudden, he, now we always oh, staying. Oh, we didn't we didn't believe the reports and rumors. Okay, Casario gets what he wants, I guess. So that's news in the NFL. Um, anything that happens with Brady, I'll react to it on Monday. Though I don't, I, I think we are going to get a month of rumors because I think we're going to get a month of negotiation. Brady using the media, the Patriots using the media. I guess the question is, will it ever, will that use of the media in this negotiation ever get to a point where it maybe pisses someone off? Does it ever get personal? Does one side go a little too far with their negotiation? We shall see. But if I had to put my money on it right now, I am putting my money on minus 250. Tom Brady is returning to the Patriots next season. And that's that. I, I, I'll, be, when he, I'll believe him playing for another team when I see him sign with another team. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. But whatever rumors are out there, I'll react to them on the show. And then this weekend, I will be watching the NBA All-Star Game. Did you see the rosters? Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. I don't know what Giannis Antetokounmpo was doing. I don't. Like, did he purposely pick the worst team? Go look at the rosters. It's... Like, I didn't watch them make this draft, so I don't know what the strategy was, but man... This is going to be a route, I think. 
Like, I don't even think this is going to be fun to watch because I think Team LeBron is just that much, like, that much better than Team Giannis. I don't even think it's funny. So I don't know what he was doing when he was picking these rusters. But that's this weekend, and from a Celtics angle, you got Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum in this game. All you really do is hope that they stay healthy and have fun. That's all. That's all. And then in the NHL, David Postenock last night scored his 40th goal in a win over the Canadiens. David Postenock with a hat trick. He's got 40 goals. Uh, what do you got? Two months left in the regular season. Can he get 60? Some people are throwing out 70. I don't think he, he's not getting 70. 70? You think he gets 30 goals in two months? It just took him what? How long? October, November, December, January. Four and a half months to get 40. I could see him getting 60. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh, maybe 65 max, but he, 70 goals? I heard somebody saying that and saw someone tweeting that. He's not getting 70. He's not getting 70. But he got his 40th last night, and the NHL trade deadline is about a week and a half away. Monday, February 24th. Uh, so it'll be a week from this coming Monday. And the Bruins are in position, prime position, to make a big move to get uh, some type of winger for the second line. And, um, you know, I, I think that if you're Don Sweeney, who's done a tremendous job and is probably flying under the radar because he's done such a tremendous job, you know, you, you really only get the publicity uh, when you're making brutal trades. And you're pissing everyone off. But I do think this... He is in position to make his biggest move yet. Don Sweeney. For the Bruins. You know, you lose that Game 7 in devastating fashion where you don't show up in your own building with the cup in the building last year. And now you have a core that is not getting any younger. You know, you're one of the best teams in the league. And you have an opportunity here to make to make another run. And I'm not saying it's their last run. I'm not saying that. Because obviously Pasternak right now is their best player. And, and, you know, he's still in diapers. But I'm saying with this group, with this core, with these veterans that they have, combined with the youth that they have, how many more realistic shots do you have uh, to, to make? You've got a lot of health right now, knock on wood, if you're the Bruins. So I do think Don Sweeney is in a prime position to maybe make his biggest move yet as GM of the team. And so the trade deadline is a week from Monday, and so we'll keep an eye on the rumors on that as well. Anything that happens over the weekend, I will react on this show every Monday and Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Also get all my content on my website, dannypicard.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Smash that subscribe button where I post highlights of this show, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Monday. 